Omadhyanathimirandasya gyananjana sarakaya chakshur miritam vena tasmai shri guru vena ma maum vishnu padaya krishna prasthaya bhutale swami shri bhakti vedanta prabhu padayate nama guravagyam shirasiruta shaktyavesha swarupine Hare Krishna ti mantra na paschacha prachatarene Vishvacharya pravajaya dibhyakarunyabhutaye Shri Bhagavata Mabhudya Gita Jnana Pradayane Gaura Shri Rupa Siddhanta Saraswati Nishevine Radha Krishna Padamboja Vrindaya Gurve Namaha Devam Divyatanum Suchanda Vadanam Balaka Chelanchitam Sandrananda Puram Sareka Vadanam Vairagyavityam Budim Shri Siddhanta Nidim Subhakti Lasitam Saraswatanam Varam Bandetam Subhadam Madeka Saranam Nashisparam Sridharam Bande Shri Krishna Chaitanya Nityananda Savodito Bhudadaya Pushpavanta Chitra Sandotamana Te Krishna Karuna Sindhu Dinabandhu Jagatpate Gopisha Gopika Kanta Karaganda Namustate Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vindavanishwari Vishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Shri Guri Vaishnavgur Parampara Ki Jai Grantaraj Srimad Bhagavat Ki Jai Kaur Pramanande So we have been discussing the Vedanta Sutra and how the Srimad Bhagavatam is a natural commentary on the sutra, how it elaborates upon what the sutras mean, explains their significance. And um, in doing so, we went through the first four sutras of the Bhagavatam, and we got a pretty good feel for how the Bhagavatam is related to the sutras, how the sutras are related to the Bhagavatam. So enough of the sutras, we should go to the Bhagavatam, that's my thought and plumb the depths of Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam. This uh, Amal Purana, the spotless Purana, dealing only with the highest transcendental subject matters. So, where will we begin? Bhāgavatam has many uh, beginnings, beginnings within beginnings, but one beginning, in one sense, is the beginning in which Krishna spoke the, the original four verses of the Bhāgavatam to Brahma. And so I'd like to start our discussion of Srimad Bhagavatam there. And of course, as with any section of the Bhagavatam, any verse from the Bhagavatam, you'll first want to look and see how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu may have explained it, if he commented on it. If it's been cited by Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami, for example, in Chaitanya Charitamrita, Vashvashat by Sri Vrindavan in Chaitanya Bhagavat. You may know that the great Kedarnath Dutt Thakur Bhaktivinod had some awareness of the Bhagavat but had a negative feeling towards the Bhagavat as it had been presented to him uh, thus far in his life until 
he came in touch with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's explanation of the Bhagavatam. And this then allowed him to see it in its proper light for what it is and to embrace it as he did. He gave a beautiful lecture entitled The Bhagavad, its ethics, I think, and theology. And that was recorded and transcribed. It's available. Tomorrow morning we'll start to read from it. I know you've just started the Shikshastakam. We're going to interrupt it briefly and read aloud the uh, the Bhagavat speech of Thakur Bhaktivinoda. Excellent. Every devotee will just jump out of their bodies on hearing the, the feeling of Bhaktivinoda for the Bhagavatam. So, in this way we are trying to go into the heart of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This is the book that he held so dear to him. This is the book that that he heard the explanation of from Gadadhar Pandit, the Radha of Gorlila, whose tears drenched the pages of Srimad Bhagavatam. So we did read the section of Chaitanya Charitamrita, 25th chapter of the Madhya Lila, where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is explaining Vedanta philosophy to Prakasananda Saraswati after his conversion and how at that time he immediately went to the Bhagavatam, began to glorify it. And he spoke on the four slokas of uh, Srimad Bhagavatam that were originally spoken by Krishna to Brahma at the dawn of material manifestation. Chatur Sloki, called four verses. And there we heard briefly, we didn't really comment on it, I don't believe much, but read through it, how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu explained the four verses in terms of three topics that he said are what the entirety of the scriptures and of course Srimad Bhagavatam deal with the Sambandha, Abhideya and Prayojan. I like to call the Sambandha a conceptual orientation of who's who or what's what, what is Maya, what am I, what is my relationship with material energy, what's the relationship with material energy with, with God and our relationship with God and all these things the conceptual orientation, and uh, and then the activity that naturally follows that particular conceptual orientation. Because whatever our conceptual orientation may be, it's followed by some action. So that action that follows the conceptual orientation, the sambandha of the Bhagavatam, is bhakti. Bhakti is the abhideya. That's what you do, naturally. If you think in terms of, if you get on the map, so to speak, of the Bhagavatam, you know, you are here, and Bhagwan is here, Maya is here, and so forth. And so how do I get to where I want to go, which is, of course, the goal, the third part of Bhagavatam. The means to get there is bhakti, and the goal is his love of Krishna. So Mahaprabhu explained that these four verses of the Bhagavatam, spoken by Krishna to Brahma, they cover these three topics, Sambandha, Abhideya, and Prayojan. So we'll come back to that when we actually analyze the verses. But there's another section of the Chaitanya Charitamrita where these four verses are also cited. And that's in the very beginning of Chaitanya Charitamrita, in the Adi Lila, when Krishna Skabiraj Goswami is, is explaining Guru Tattva. You know that Chaitanya Charitamrita begins with these words, Vande Gurun. He says, I offer my respect, my pranam, my obeisances, to the gurus. It's a plural. Bande gurun. 
And then he goes on to cite several other topics, Isha Bhaktan, Isha Isha Uttarakam, Tat Prakasham, Shakti Krishna Chaitanya Samrakam. That means obeisances to the Guru, to the Supreme Lord Sri Krishna Chaitanya, to the devotees, to the Lord Shakti, to his incarnation, to his expansion. Andrita, his expansion is Nityananda Prabhu, and Shakti is Karadhar and Srivas, etc. To the Supreme Lord Himself, Sri Krishna Chaitanya, to the devotees, the phenomenon of the Vaishnav, and to the gurus. So, with regard to Vande Gurun, when he's then explaining it later in that chapter, as the first verse of Chaitanya Charitamrita, what he does in the first chapter is he explains the six principles that he offers his respect to. And so when he's explaining the principle of guru, the phenomenon, the truth about a guru, the principle of guru, guru tattva, then he cites these four verses that Krishna spoke to Brahma, Tene Brahma, as first verse of Bhagavatam says, So they are a revelation from Krishna, the Adi guru, the original guru, to the first person. As it, as it is Brahma. So that's, we'll, get, we'll also look at that, but we're going to look at it briefly tonight um, in, uh, in regards to this, how Kabiraja cited uh, these verses in, the, in his first chapter in relation to explaining Guru Tattva. Again, Krishna is the Guru and he's speaking to Brahma. Krishna can't have a personal representative in Guru Parampara because he's only got one person to talk to and he's a disciple. <laughs> he needs to be instructed before he can become a guru. So Krishna becomes his guru, Brahma's guru. So at any rate, um, in Bhagavatam, the setting in which these four verses are found is um, in the context of Maharaj Parikshit the inquirer asking questions. He asked certain questions of Sukadev Goswami in the first uh, canto, and Sukadev uh, answered them uh, to his, uh, uh, or in the second canto, I should say, and, and he answered them to his satisfaction. And then he inquired further about the glories of the Lord. He wanted to know about his creation, how it works, and so on and so forth. And, and um, So, as Sukadev explained, then we come to the, the narration of how Brahma, the kind of Lord of creation, if you will, spoke to his son Nard about his enlightenment, the experience of his own enlightenment, how it, how it happened. Nice story for us who seek in relation to our, our the context of our relationship with our Guru to become enlightened to know it all and have perfect knowledge and be perfectly happy maybe a better way to put it so um, in the context of speaking to Nard then Brahma explains how um, well, well, how he got enlightened in the four verses from Bhagavatam that constitute the Bhagavatam. And there's a preface to that, of course, as well. Uh, before Brahma heard the four slokas, he heard something else. You know, Brahma's 
situation, as I'm saying, mentioning, is is peculiar because he was born and he didn't know. There was nobody else to talk to. He had no brothers, no sisters. He had no cousins, no unrelated people to talk to. He didn't couldn't see his father. He couldn't see his mother. Sounds like a real disadvantage. He's called Aja, the firstborn, and not even his mother was there, <laughs> nor could he see his father. So we'll think he may be disadvantaged, but if we, if we understand the story properly, then we'll understand we are at a greater disadvantage than Brahma, because we're born, we know who our mother is, we know who our father is, and and then we grow to know who our brothers and sisters are and friends and we make enemies and so on and so forth. In all of this, then, life, based on the misunderstanding of who our real father and our real mother is, because we have a false father and a false mother and a false identity in relation to them, false ego, we're at a big disadvantage compared to Brahma. He didn't have false parents to deal with. That <laughs> uh, uh, deluded him into thinking, oh, go, 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 <laughs> you are so nice. <laughs> and uh, making him feel uh, that, that he's, the, he's the center. Hmm? There was no one. Hmm? He was at a, at a distinct advantage, actually. Hmm? And see his position. Hmm? He didn't have to unlearn, in other words, hmm? all these things. Uh, 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 and see his position, what did he do? Well, he's born, and uh, so he started searching out his parents. Krishna says, of course, in the Gita, what I mean by that is, Tasam Brahma I am the seed-giving father. Material nature is the womb into which I impregnate the, the consciousness hmm, by my glancing. As it's described poetically, by glancing, the world becomes impregnated by 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 the Lord, and it comes to, it means it comes to life. When he looks at it, it comes alive. When he pays attention to it, it has meaning. And so too, as I've said many times, with regard to ourselves, if we pay attention to matter, then it matters. Right? In other words, matter wouldn't matter if there wasn't consciousness to be aware of it. Hmm? Consciousness is the experiencer, matter is experienced. Hmm? So if there's no experiencer, hmm, what's the meaning of something to be experienced? It really doesn't matter. Hmm? So again, this is the idea. Consciousness is behind matter. Hmm? We are behind the movements of matter in a small way. Uh, but in a big way, Bhagwan and the Purusha, for that matter, Mahavishnu, is behind the workings of material nature. By by looking at it, by paying attention to it, it means if you look at something, then you, and then you you go there. Right? Mm-hmm. Vishnu doesn't actually consort with Maya, but he looks at her. It's said in the Bible that I've heard that if a man looks at the face of a woman with lust, then he's implicated. He goes there, in other words. So Vishnu goes there in a way. He has an odd 
different relationship with Maya Shakti, who is ashamed of her position, stands in the background offering respects to him. But at any rate, he had, he, he um, brings the material world into motion by, by consciousness, and by that consciousness is us. Hmm? The, like the, the uh, samples of himself, something like that. He, the one becomes many for his own purpose. Hmm. Just like if you're alone, you might sit around and imagine other people, or, mm-hmm. or you might want to have friends and other people to talk to. And so, but he wants to, and they, and they happen then. He's such a sankalpa, whatever he wants, it happens. So the jivas manifest from him. This is Vishnu's lila. This is called Shristi lila. And Lokavatu lila kaivalyam. It is lila. That is its purpose. It's, it's the joy of the Lord. It means the world is not manifest out of any necessity on the part of Brahman. Brahman is full. Anandamaya obhyasat. The sutras say. Full of joy. Has no necessity. So out of joy... In sport, the one becomes many, and the world becomes animated. So matter becomes alive by the union with consciousness. And so the, the father is, in this sense, is is is, is uh, God, and the mother is material nature, into whom he impregnates the seed of consciousness. And so here we are. And we don't know who is our real father. And we don't know who is our real mother. And Brahma didn't know, couldn't find them, so he searched them out. And he searched diligently. It's said in Bhagavatam, in the third canon, that in the context of searching out himself, he developed four heads. You wonder where they come from. In the context of... This, this is just to tell us how earnestly he sought out his origins... Where do I come from? He wanted to know his family tree. Hmm? That he might know something about himself. Hmm? Who am I? Why am I? What am I? These were pressing questions of the first person, as he's described in Bhagavatam. So pressing that he looked and searched in all directions. Hmm? But in spite of his earnestness and his effort on the on the basis of his effort alone, he was not successful. Hmm? He was successful on the basis of his effort in the sense that his effort was sincere and it elicited the mercy of Bhagwan, his father in this sense, as I'm speaking about it. Hmm? So as we know, these two things are vital to us in our pursuit of enlightened life, effort and mercy. We should live as if our spiritual progress is dependent upon effort, while full knowing that without mercy we can never be successful. Rather than think, my success is dependent on mercy, why should I do anything? Not like that. No. And Brahma is our example. So with such effort and sincerity, in a prayerful spirit, because why? He came with looking in all directions and not making any success. He looked for something beyond himself, for help. Brahma understood his necessity. There's a big difference between us and Brahma. We don't understand our necessity. 
we think we have a father, we have a mother, everything's fine. Or we are a father and a mother, and we're providing. Hmm? Brahma really understood his necessity in, in material existence. Hmm? And, and that uh, necessity caused him to look outside of himself because he looked through, thoroughly through himself and he found his limitations. By his effort, he couldn't be successful. So a prayerfulness came within him. Hmm? And then he knew what to do. He got, a, he got reciprocation, he got an impulse from within, but from that person who, within who is beyond, who is without as well, in other words, who is everywhere. Hmm? He looked within and within himself he found that the Lord resides. Hmm? Although he's different from me in one sense, he's had a perfection, he's residing within me, waiting for me to turn to him. Hmm? So, in a sense, this Bhagavatam is not very difficult to understand. Hmm? See how easy it was for Brahma. He looked within, prayerfully, and he got an impulse back. Hmm. Why was Brahma successful? Because he followed the impulse. If you pray, then you know what to do. Try it. You collect yourself together, as atrophied as your heart may be, hmm? and acknowledge this is a problem in the first place, and try to exercise it hmm? and come before the deity and pray. Hmm? Come before the picture of our Gurudev and pray. Help me hmm? to make progress, to understand, to overcome my shortcomings, hmm? to know what I should do. And at sincerity, nice verse of the Gita. Krishna's extending himself. My dear son, he says, affectionately to Arjuna, like a father to a son. Don't worry. Hmm? Sridhar Maharaj translated, sincerity is invincible. Hmm? Truth will never be overcome by evil. Be truthful. Truthful means devotee, satam. Truthful with himself, truthful with herself. Hmm? Prayerful. Some answer will come. Some impulse will come. Hmm? So, it's it's easy. There's a story, a short story of a, a sadhu, Vaishnav, Bhagavat scholar, and uh, Rasika Bhakta, hmm. realized the truth of the Bhagavatam. And some young men in the village who'd gotten a little education about the world and what it's really like, uh, and had looked at the Bhagavatam as some old dusty book that old people from the past that aren't progressive are still preoccupied with, and they think there's a God and all these things and all these superstitions of the Bhagavatam and so forth. So they went in a kind of a mischievous mood to talk to the sadhu along the banks of the Jamuna and ask him, um, kind of debate with him about his old book and what modern science and the world had said life was really about. 
Hmm? And they saw that a lot of the village people, uneducated, were following this fellow. They wanted to expose him. <laughs> so they went to him. Of course, he could detect their, 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 their intentions and so forth. And um, he said, really, I, I do speak on the Bhagavatam, but um, I, I do, I, 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 it is a little bit difficult to understand, he said. Um, but um, rather than debate with them, he said, that when, when they asked the first question, you know, what is the, what's the meaning of this, this book, the Bhagavatam? In a nutshell, he said, "Oh, he said it's nothing. It's really nothing, uh, nothing special." Mm-hmm. He said, "You already know it." Hmm? He said, "Whatever in your heart you know to be true." Hmm? The Bhagavatam says, "Do that." That's why it's so hard to understand, because we know things in our heart to be true, but we don't do them. So when they heard, they got they were embarrassed. This is what the how can who can who can debate with this? This is what the Bhagavatam says. Whatever you know, when you search your heart out to be true, hmm? sincerely, prayerfully, then the Bhagavatam's message is that's what you should do. <laughs> you should act like that. So they were defeated. They were embarrassed. Who could who could? Who could disagree with that? That's the message of the Bhagavatam. And it's very simple. But it probably used to say, simple for the simple, but difficult for the for the crooked, I think he used to say. Something like that. So we're all a little crooked. We've grown in a crooked way. How many times have we known that something is right and not done it? Hmm? We know that it's in our own personal interest even. And we don't do it. Even, I mean, even materially speaking. Would speak of with introspection and sincerity, and we know this is right. Still, we do something else. So this we have to practice if we want to understand Srimad Bhagavatam. Hmm? Be prayerful. Brahma was prayerful. He heard one, one sound, two syllables, tapa. He understood. I should follow this. He got an impulse in his heart. What was right? What was for him to do? So he did it. Hmm? Tapa means, of course, austerity. It means heat. It means the religious austerity. It, it, this means the heat, like the fire of a sacrifice hmm, that we enter into at the time of diksha. This is diksha. Hmm. He got diksha in his heart. Hmm. There it's described in Bhagavatam, in Brahma's own, uh, it's described in Bhagavatam, that um, Dibya Saraswati, as it's mentioned in, in Brahma Samhita, divine knowledge was infused in the heart of Brahma. Brahma Samhita elaborates. We think that if we look, we might think externally there's a contradiction. There's no contradiction. What does it say in Brahma Samhita? It says that Brahma got, same thing, he got inspiration to do tapa and that from this Divya Saraswati, divine, divine knowledge, he, he heard Gopal Mantra. Hmm? This is our primary mantra of Gaudiya Sampradaya. Hmm. Though it's not mentioned in the Bhagavatam, but Chaitanya, uh, 
Brahma Samhita, which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu loved so much, the fifth chapter, he said, all the conclusions of Gaudiya Vaishnavas, all the Siddhanta of Gaudiya Vaishnavas is found in, in, in Brahma Samhita. The two books he found in South India. Brahma Samhita, Krishna Karnamrita. In Brahma Samhita, all the Siddhanta. In Karnamrita, all the Bhava. So, uh, Brahma Samhita is, is not saying something different from Bhagavatam. It's developing the idea only. Tapa means austerity, religious austerity. It means fire, it means the heat. And the heat's on, something like that, you know, to do the right thing. This is what Diksha is about. We, we, we get initiation, and then, uh, then, we're, then we're asked to do something. You know, that we invite people here, they come, they spend some time, they like it. It's real nice, we've got nice prasadam and everything. Mm-hmm. And then they say, I'd like to stay. Mm-hmm. And there's a story in this connection too about, I think I've told it before, but there was a, a fellow and the devil had some am- people up canvassing up on, on earth. And uh, it was given out invitations, come down and try it. You can leave at any time. So this one guy thought, check it out, try it out. So he went down to hell and Satan greeted him with sunglasses and gave him a seat by the pool. Brought him a cold drink and companionship with the opposite sex. The guy was just having himself a great time. And he thought, you know, this Satan's got a bad rap. This hell is great. This is a great place. There's some fires out there, but, you know, I'm sitting by the pool, you know. If you know, and I've got a direct connection with, uh, with Satan himself, and he takes care of his people, you know. So this is great. So Satan comes by after a while and says, how are you doing? He says, I'm doing great, and you have just really got a bad rap up there. He says, yeah, I know. What can I, that's why I canvas, you know. I give people, you know, free invitations, come on down. What, what can I do? You know, that Bible and stuff, it's... So many lies in there. <laughs> and so uh, the devil says, well, you want to stay on? He says, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe I will. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah. So he says, we just sign the book right here. You sign on and you can become a permanent resident. Rent free. <laughs> so he signed on and then shortly thereafter, the guys came with chains and forks, pitchforks, and tied him up and dragged him into the fire and started poking him and so forth. And he's going, what's going on? Call Satan. There's a mistake here, you know. <laughs> so Satan comes by in due course and says, hey, how are you doing? I said, what, are you ta- what happened in the pool? You know, what's going on? You know, these guys, who are these guys? He says, oh, the pool and all that. He says, well, that's just for the visitors. <laughs> so... We invite the visitors here, and then, you know, they get attracted and all, and we're real nice to them. <laughs> then they ask to be permanent members, <laughs> become initiated, and then and we go, no, do this, do that. <laughs> Work hard. Tapa. Do tapa. This is the mantra we're given, tapa. <laughs> so, but in that... It means something will be found, something wonderful. Hmm? What is that? What, what is that work that we're given? We're given, it's called seva. 
and how do we think about it? We think, this is a nice story about Brahma, like he sat down, he meditated, he got enlightened in the heart, mystically. This is what I want. I want that enlightenment. I want to sit down, I want to do bhajan. I heard all about the rasic bhaktas, and they sit and they just chant and they experience all of Krishna's pastimes, cowherding and the whole thing. Hmm? Nice prasadam, it's just wonderful. That's what I want to do. And Gurudev's got me working here. And all this work. And me a break from the work. Take this, finish this seva so I can do my bhajan. Finish that, get this seva over so I can do my bhajan. We should know bhajan is seva. You want to, you want to meditate on Krishna Leela? Well, what will you do in your meditation? Well, I'll, I'll go cow herding with Krishna. But there are cows here. <laughs> and they belong to Krishna. Why don't you herd them? Oh, that's something. Yeah, that's work. Hmm. You see, we go through the motions. Hmm. We want to meet Krishna. But our Gurudev has come as a representative of Krishna. Hmm. He wants us to do something, but we want to, we want to meet Krishna. Hmm. In other words, we don't do seva. So there is no bhajan. Because seva means with love. With love means you pay attention and you do it with feeling, with love. You do that only when you do all your seva with love, not to get it over with, but for the pleasure of Guru, pleasure of Krishna. But this feeling, you catch yourself, I'm just doing this for work to get it over with, stop that. Exercise your atrophied heart, I'm doing it for love, with, with love. I'm doing it, I think, should think I'm doing it because I should be doing it because philosophically I try to do everything with love. This is affection. This is seva. And when you do all your seva with love, then you'll be able to sit down and chant and go deep within. Not before that. That won't happen. This is our, you see, this is our problem. We come to do, we even accept the seva, but begrudgingly. That is not seva. If you accept it begrudgingly, you're not doing seva. And you will not get what you want, and you are confused and looking, looking, uh, looking to somewhere else. Hmm? You're, you're only you're in, in your mind, and the whole idea is to get out of your mind. So this we have to practice. Hmm? That's why we have a setting like this. Hmm? And this is what the story of Brahma is about. Hmm? He did with with affection. He paid attention. He heard one sound, and he took it. He knew. This is coming in my heart. This is some reciprocation for my prayer. He embraced it. We hear thousands of sounds, right? Our Guru is always talking so many things. Bhagavatam, 18,000 verses, all siksha, to support the diksha. But we don't pay attention. Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya means you have to pay such attention to Bhagavatam. Then inauspicious things will go away. Then taste will come. Hmm? So it's all here. You want to herd cows? There are cows right here. Hmm? What will you do in the Leela? Will, will you not be cooking there? <laughs> Krishna's a big eater. Will you not be herding his cows? Will you not be making garlands for him? Hmm? 24-7. That is the, that is the, that is the standard of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Even, even, in, even in sleep, 
the cowherds are always dreaming about Krishna. And gopis are awake all night long. Hmm? Never a moment to rest. Yanisha sarvabhutanam tasyam jagati sarvani. As the Gita says, so service and with, and with humility we should serve. Hmm? High standard of humility. We cannot get around this verse. Brahma had some humility. You can't get around this. Mahaprabhu says, Trinata Pisuni Chena, more humble than a blade of grass. You cannot go around this verse and get Prem and get love of Krishna. It is absolutely impossible. If you want some, is there another way? No. The answer is no. There is no other way. You have to pass through this humility. In fact, Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami sets a higher even standard of humility. He says, he expresses himself, I'm lower than the worm in the stool, he says. We'll think it's a little bit of strong language. I'm an educated person, thoughtful. I'm supposed to think myself lower than the worm in the stool? I mean, this is some kind of poetry or something. Or I'm not really supposed to think like that. Hmm? There's a story, one guru disciple came for an initiation and Guru Dev detected little pride in her. So he said, yes, I will give you, but ask, I ask you first one thing you will do for me. He said, yes, what is that? And Gurudev said, go and bring me something that everybody hates. Bring me something everybody hates. So he said, okay. Guru's a little eccentric, but, you know, <laughs> I'll go and you know, try to satisfy him. And uh, so he thought, and he thought, what does everybody hate? And he went out in the field, and he, and he passed stool, and then he went and took a bath. And, and, uh, and he thought, wait a minute, you know, I don't even like my own stool. And nobody else will like it. That's something everybody hates. So I'll go and bring dear, dear Dave my stool. He said, bring something that everybody hates. So he went out the next morning, found his, his excrement, and then he reached down to pick it up, and the stool spoke to him. Get away from me, it said. <laughs> Get away from you, you mean person. Hmm? He jump back. <laughs> what? What's going on? <laughs> he said, "I was, I was a, I was a beautiful um, combination of vegetables, and you consumed me and turned me into stool, put me in this condition. You did this to me." Hmm? <laughs> Just see what you, you, you mean person. Get away from me. <laughs> Don't touch me. <laughs> You've put me in this horrible condition. Everyone hates me. And you're the one who did it. Hmm? And he thought, well, <laughs> what's going on? So then he thought, well, okay, all right, so I won't take the stool. Then he thought for a minute and uh, kind of pinched himself. Am I really experiencing this? Then he looked and he saw a worm in the stool. It had gone in the stool. And they said, okay, well, look, I'll take the worm in the stool. That's even lower than the stool. It lives in the stool. Nobody will want, everybody hates a worm living in the stool. He'll go, yuck, get that thing away from me. So he reached down to, to grab the worm, and the worm said, get, get away from me. And the stool said, don't touch us. <laughs> <laughs> the stool said, 
that worm is so kind, hmm? so generous, that here I am in this deplorable condition <laughs> that you've put me in. <laughs> and this worm has come to change my situation because that worm is eating me and transforming me into earth. And from earth, from in that form, flowers will grow from me and vegetables and they'll be offered to Bhagwan. Hmm? And you want to take the worm. First you put me in this condition and then you will stop me from getting out of it. Get away from me. <laughs> so he was, as you can understand, pretty shocked and he went back to his guru and he, and he said, he said, oh, if anyone should hate anyone, it's me. I'm lower than a worm on a stool. He says, now you can take, you can take Diksha. Thank you. Thank you. You brought me yourself. <laughs> and you're convinced that everyone should hate you. You are low. Hmm? Even good advice comes your way and you don't take it. Not only do you don't take it, but you want to give advice to others. Hmm? You are ready to correct everyone. Hmm? But when you pray in your heart and you know what you should do, you don't do that. Hmm? Hypocrite. See what it means to be a devotee. Hmm. So Brahma was a highly qualified person. That's why he took initiation in the heart, directly from Krishna. And as I'm saying, he was the firstborn, so there was no alternative. He heard the tapa. He got the Rupal Mantra. He meditated upon this. He did the tapa. His austerity is described in Bhagavatam. Hmm. And then, as a result of that, Bhagwan appeared before him. This is the context then in which the four slokas of Bhagavatam, seed verses come. Krishna was pleased with the austerities of Brahma. Pleased with the discipline, how he followed. Pleased with his seva. And so he came before him and gave him further enlightenment, further instructions. So this is, a, is, is a, as you can understand, very important uh, story in Srimad Bhagavatam. It's meant to be very instructive to us if we pay attention, and of course we'll be helped in paying attention to our study of the Bhagavatam by hearing it from the person Bhagavatam. This is what Krishnadas has told us in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. Hmm? He said there are two Bhagavatams, the book and the person, and these two are the agents through whom the love that Gornitananda comes to give to the world come to give to the world. This is who it comes from. Hmm? So this is what we're doing here. We're gathering together to hear Srimad Bhagavatam, try to make sense out of this book. And as I said, it's really pretty simple, but we're a little complicated. Hmm? We've complicated our lives by thinking a little bit too much. Hmm? And, and, uh, and, in wanting to assert our own opinion rather than listening. Hmm? You know, we, we, we learn by, by hearing, this is the Vaishnava idea, and by serving, by loving. As it said, if you love someone, then they'll tell you all the secrets, all their secrets. It's a fact. You cannot hide anything from one who loves you. So, if you learn to love Shri Krishna has taught in Bhagavatam. 
He'll tell you everything. He'll grab you and take you out of the world. You'll know too much about him. It'll be too embarrassing for him. The things you could tell people about him, about his inner life. So, are there any questions? What's the time? So then tomorrow night we'll begin to... Tomorrow we start reading the Bhagavad uh, lecture of Bhaktivinoda Thakur in the morning. I have a copy if you come and get it. And then we'll discuss... begin discussing the four verses of Bhagavatam tomorrow. And then we'll go on from there. We'll find our way through the Bhagavatam, starting with this uh, access point. Grantaraj Srimad Bhagavat Ki Jai. Sri Guru Vaishnava Guru Parampara Ki Jai. Gaur Nityananda Ki Jai. Gaur Bhaktabrinda Ki Jai. Gaur Premanandi. Hari Guru.